1: you're listening to the archaeology podcast network
0: you are now entering the pseudo archaeology podcast a show that uncovers what's fact what's fake and what's fun in the crazy world of pseudo archaeology Hello and welcome to the Pseudo-Archaeology Podcast, episode 109, and I am still your host, Dr. Andrew Kinkella. Tonight, the great electric guitar tonewood debate. Can you hear the mahogany? So, as you can tell from the title of this, I thought I'd step a little bit aside from classic pseudo archaeology for today and concentrate a little bit on pseudoscience. Now, you could argue that everything I touch has an archaeological component to it, as I am an archaeologist. But tonight, you know, we're a little to the side and that's fine. The reason why I'm doing this is because every so often I'll notice something in the everyday world that follows the same pattern as pseudo-archaeology, right? This sort of false idea being perpetuated year in and year out, and nobody does anything about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. And so our question tonight is, does what an electric guitar is made out of, the wood, right? Does that affect its sound? And realize we are talking about electric guitars solid body electric guitars specifically right we're not talking about acoustic guitars because in the acoustic guitar world it does affect the sound you can obviously tell if you strum acoustic guitars made of different woods that it matters because the sound is generated from the top of the guitar right the you can see the little hole there at the top of the guitar and the top vibrates, you know, based on the strings and based on how flexible that wood is. Basically, that affects the tone. So different woods obviously have a different tone for an acoustic guitar. But what about electrics? Now, I play Guitar, Right next to me in my office at Moore Park College, I have an electric guitar standing by for whenever I need it. Now, I've played guitar for, good Lord, probably over, yeah, over 30 years. And that sounds like I would be good at it, but I'm not. Dear listeners, I am not very good at the electric guitar. But you know what? I love it. I love playing the guitar, you guys. I love it. I love everything about electric guitars specifically. I love learning about them. I love fixing them. I love changing out the pickups in them. I just dig the electric guitar. It brings me so much joy. My crappy electric guitar playing brings me as close to pure joy, I think, as we can get. So as the years went by, I wanted to learn more about the electric guitars. Now, background wise, I started playing in my eh, like middle to late teens. I had started music by playing the trumpet in junior high, you know, actually in grammar school. And by the time I hit the 10th grade or so, you know, the trumpet, not so cool. The electric guitar, pretty cool. So I switched over to that. And I continued to play throughout college, again, just sort of learning on my own. I took a handful of lessons, but largely I just kind of learned and I played and I played with some friends from time to time. And it was just something that I I dug, you know, I had an acoustic and two electric guitars. Then by uh, I would say the early 2000s, by the time I was about 30 or so, life changed and I barely ever played. I would play the guitar like, I don't know, two or three times a year. You know, I just kind of put it on pause, kind of having a young family and that kind of stuff. And so I didn't really play for like 15 years. Then about oh God, about maybe seven years ago or so. My children were growing up and I was kind of like, you know, I should get back on the guitar playing trip. And so I started again, you know, this was maybe 2015, 2016, something like that. And I realized, having been out of the hobby for like 15 years, I'm like, man, things had changed. And what I first noticed was inexpensive guitars had gotten much, much better. And I was kind of comparing them to my three sad old guitars. And My guitars, you guys, were in horrible shape, right? Everything was wrong with them. I mean, they like buzzed horribly. Stuff was out of alignment. The nuts weren't cut very well. The bridge was off. The electronics were scratchy. And dude, I had a terrible amp. Like everything. It was a mess. So I did a couple things. First, I bought myself not one, but two new guitars. One new acoustic and one new electric and they were inexpensive and what that means these days in guitar world is like between you know 200 and 300 dollars it's pretty cheap and i bought those and so i could see how good things could be and then i also decided to fix what i had right so i'm gonna look into this and i'm gonna fix my old stuff and not only am i gonna fix it i'm gonna modify it and i'm gonna improve My guitars, my my sad collection of three guitars. So knowing enough about guitars where I know that pickups made a difference, and I'll get into how that works later, I decided to buy some new pickups for one of my guitars. Now, pickups themselves are extremely simple things, you guys. Like the technology in electric guitars is really... It was old technology in the 1950s, basically, and they really haven't changed it since. So guitar pickups are magnets with wire wrapped around them. That's really it. And then you're going to electrify those. And when you strum your metal strings. It's going to create a current that is then ultimately picked up. So it's important to realize that guitar pickups are not microphones okay they don't pick up like sound like that it's about um a metal vibration with a magnet you know and then sort of that energy being translated into electricity and then back out to vibrations through the amp now when i was looking to buy these new pickups now those of us who know guitars, a Stratocaster has three pickups, a Les Paul or a Telecaster have two pickups, and Eddie Van Halen is known for using one pickup in his early guitars because he's awesome. In buying these pickups, I went to the two main pickup sellers, which are companies called Seymour Duncan and DiMarzio. And looking on their website, I realized they had a drop down menu of like, Choose your own pickup kind of thing, right? Both of these sites where you drop down and you choose what you want, what kind of sound you want. Do you want to be darker? Do you want to be more bright? You know, and so on. Totally makes sense. And of course, the type of magnet that the pickup is made out of will make a difference. Makes sense. Now, I looked at these drop down menus and I'm going through them. I'm like, okay, six strings. All right. I want a brighter pickup, whatever. But then it gets, there's a drop down menu that says wood. Tone wood. And they want to know what the body of my solid electric guitar is made out of. And there's this drop down menu for like mahogany and maple and ash and so on. In the guitar building world, common woods are mahogany, which is seen as having a dark tone. Maple, which is seen as having a bright tone. And then a bunch of stuff in the middle like alder or ash and even pine and poplar. Those are some of the more common ones. Now not only did they have a drop-down menu for the guitar body, they had a drop-down menu for the guitar neck. What's your your fretboard? The the part where the frets are, the part where you put your fingers. Was your fretboard made out of rosewood or made out of maple? And you would choose these selections. And then the website would give you pickup choices based on all these. And the variables included the wood. Now, I was kind of new to guitar at the time, meaning I kind of was re-upping my knowledge of it and it been a long time. So I went with it, you know, and I clicked the right stuff. Oh, this guitar is mahogany. Oh, it has a rosewood fretboard. Right. And I ultimately bought a pickup. Based on these choices. But as I did more research. And as I thought about it. And you guys. I did put the pickup in. And it worked perfectly fine. I was like. Wait. Does that. Does that matter at all? Thinking about the physics of the thing. And how an electric guitar works. I'm like wait. I'm pretty sure this is. All pseudoscience. I'm pretty sure this is just magical thinking and miscellaneous beliefs that people have had for a long time just because they have beliefs. I think it might just be because they are comparing acoustic guitars and electric guitars. And while. Everyone gets how acoustic guitars work. Most people actually don't really get how electric guitars work. So they're sort of taking the ideology of the acoustic guitar and putting onto an electric guitar where it really doesn't compare at all. And the more I thought about this, I'm like, man, I want to learn more about this. And I wonder if there have been experiments done to look into this. Does the the quote-unquote resonance of the wood that's used to make the body of a solid electric guitar does that make a difference when we
1: return how an electric guitar actually works everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispie sandwich But you're the Filet-O-Fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it, every time.
0: Lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated US-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let Lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on Lifelock Ultimate Plus at Lifelock.com/slash aware. Terms apply. Hello and welcome back to the Pseudo Archaeology Podcast, episode 109. And we have been talking about electric guitar tone wood. And I've been waxing philosophical about my love, my pure love, you guys, for the electric guitar and everything about it. So in order to understand if tone wood is a thing or not, we need to take a moment and understand how an electric guitar actually works, you know, and maybe a bit of the history about it. Now, an electric guitar is basically a product of the 1950s. That's what I would say. Yes, you might have a few prototypes and this kind of thing earlier than that. But then the early 1950s is when you get kind of the three big famous electric guitars being made for the first time the solid body ones. You have from Fender, you have the Telecaster. And soon after that, you have the Stratocaster. And then, of course, for those of you who are into the Gibson world, <laughs> whatever, uh, there is the Les Paul. So those three, if you just take those three into account, that covers basically every single guitar playing musician that you like. And yes, there are other guitars that haven't been built since, but most of them really are kind of takeoffs on these big three. Why this started in the 50s was really you have acoustic guitars before that and they're in the band and you think of the band being kind of a big band or this kind of thing and acoustic guitars are kind of quiet you know if you put up an acoustic guitar against some trumpets or some saxophones i mean those are pretty loud so how are you going to make an acoustic guitar louder you know now as we talked about earlier acoustic guitars do have a difference when it comes to the woods, especially those used for their tops. A mahogany topped acoustic guitar will sound what we call darker usually, or more MIDI, meaning that the, the high notes are a little bit more subdued. They have a little bit more of a warmer tone, right? While in acoustic guitar world, spruce is usually giving you a brighter sound. The the treble parts, the higher notes are more crisp, maybe a little more bell-like, you know, they stand out a little better and it's just personal taste, you know? And of course, in all this, we have to remember it's in the fingers, you know what I mean? Even for an acoustic guitar, of course, it's going to depend on how you hold the guitar, how you fret it, you know, how you pick and so on. There's so many variables, but Those are those are real. That's the thing. Now, to make this acoustic guitar louder, they're going to start to put pickups on it. And as I talked about before, electromagnetic pickups are such simple tools. You guys, it's a magnet with wire wrapped around it, plugged in, of course. And the pickups pick up the sound of the steel strings being strung. An electric guitar needs steel strings. If you put nylon strings on it, it won't work. It needs the metal. So you strum these and basically, I don't want to get too crazy into it, but the, the strings themselves are magnetized a little bit by being in this magnetic field and they wiggle. And that wiggling is then changed into electric energy, goes through the cord that's plugged into the guitar and then goes over to the amplifier, right? And the amplifier changes it back into vibration and makes it much louder and then you hear it, right? That's how the sound production on an electric guitar works. Now, what's weird is an electric guitar looks so much like an acoustic guitar. They look so similar, but that's what messes us up. And what I find with this whole guitar thing, we use our eyes too much and not our ears. You know, so while an electric guitar looks the same as an acoustic, the sound is completely different. It's made in a completely night and day different manner. You play it the same. You strum it, you fret it, you know, you put your fingers where you want the where you want the notes to be. It's so simple. You're just making a series of strings shorter or longer, you know, by fretting it and make it higher or lower. And you play a handful of them at the same time. Hey, look at that. You have a chord, right? So the style in which both of these instruments are played is the same. They look similar. They work completely differently. Right. That's our first and I think probably the biggest mistake that people make. And the other one is actually not realizing that guitar pickups are not microphones. You know, they work differently. They're an electromagnetic situation. They don't work based on the sound like you can't you can't speak into an electric guitar pickup. You can't put an electric guitar pickup on a microphone stand and sing into it and expect anything to happen. It won't. You know, they so they work differently. So what really matters in terms of the production of sound for a, an electric guitar? Well, lots of stuff. Of course, First and foremost, are going to be the pickups. The pickups themselves, and by that I mean, what type are they? There's different types. There's ones called single coils, which sound can sound really great, although that's of course very subjective. But they can have problems with noise made by other electromagnetic devices in the area. They have humbuckers, which are another style. Again, the Les Paul is known for humbuckers. The Stratocaster is known for having single coils. They produce different sounds. And again, of course, they do. The pickups are different. The magnet type is different, you know? That that can be a thing. The type of metals, the alloys that the magnets are made out of. There's these ones called Alnico 2s and Alnico 5s and there's ceramic ones. There's all different kinds of magnets. And they're going to make a different sound. Of course, they're going to pick up the strings or rather they're going to sort of create a magnetic field that's a bit different based on their the metals, the wire you you wrap around the pickups is going to make a different sound, depending on how many wraps there are. You know, it's going to make a different field. It's going to change that variable. And of course, on on the electric guitar itself, something an acoustic totally doesn't have, you have a volume knob, you have a tone knob, so you can make it louder or softer. The tone, you can sort of roll on and off different aspects of the tone. You have things like the string gauge itself. Are the strings thicker or thinner? You have how you're picking the guitar. Are you using a plastic pick? Are you using your fingers? Those will make the strings vibrate in a different fashion, right? It's all it's about is... String vibration and the pickups picking up that vibration type and sending it. That's all it is, right? Where you pick on the string. Are you picking nearer to the bridge? Are you picking more in the middle? Are you going Keith Richards style and picking all the way over towards the neck? Where you hit the string will form a different vibration, which of course will sound different as we go to a lesser extent, the bridge and the nut themselves are going to make a difference where the string sort of begins and ends, you know, where they're cutoff points. What are those made out of? How tight are they? You know, that kind of stuff. And maybe even to a tinier degree, the actual metal that the frets themselves are made out of in terms of does it do a better or worse job kind of. Holding the string when we talk about sustain and this kind of stuff. So there's all kinds of stuff there, right? Those are all real things that matter in terms of the sound of your electric guitar. You can mess with these and instantaneously see the difference or hear the difference. Look at me. Hear the difference. Notice one thing I didn't list. Wood type. Right. I mean, think about it. Can you hear the mahogany in an electric guitar? If you listen to any of your favorite music, can you hear the ash in Eddie Van Halen's Frankenstrat? You know, can you hear the maple? Can you hear the alder? Come on, man. Right? Of course you can't. It's silly. Now. Check this out. I am not completely cruel to the believers of tone wood. I'm going to throw you a bone, even though, as we'll see, it's not even really a bone. Maybe it makes one thousandth of one percent of difference based on the overall, like, rigidity of the body or something like that. Because vi- vibrations are all that really matter, but it's vibrations in the electromagnetic sense, right? Not in. It's not how your guitar feels on your body. And oh my God, to take a side note, like so many people will talk about the resonance of the guitar body. Oh, well, this guitar sounds better because I can feel it, man. The electromagnetic current like doesn't give a damn about that. Okay? Your feelings. Remember, it's about data, not feelings. How many times have I said that? So the bone I'm going to throw is something like that. Okay, maybe a half of a one of an nth of a percent. The rigidity of the guitar, maybe because, hey, maybe the pickups themselves might vibrate a little or something like that. But in reality, if you even take that bone I've thrown, okay, maybe maybe the body being a little more rigid, maybe maybe it matters a tick. First, there's two things why this isn't really a bone thing. Number one, all that stuff I already listed matters more. Case closed. Stop talking, right? Oh, I didn't even say uh, on the pickups, the pickup height, how close it is to the strings and its location along the strings. Is it close to the bridge? Is it somewhere in the middle? I mean, an eighth of an inch off will make a huge difference. So all that stuff is huge. The volume knob, the tone, do you use a pick or not? You know, all that stuff matters more than if it's alder. Please. And if we also think more about this, wouldn't the paint matter more than the wood? What about tone paint? I got to put my tone paint on. Then I can get my tone, right? There's so many other things. Like, what about a tone pick? Dude, this plastic isn't right. I need, I need heavier, I need a darker plastic for my pick. Then I can get my tone, right? What about the amp materials? If we want tone woods, shouldn't the wood the amp is made out of matter more than the wood that the guitar is made out? Dude, my tone wood for my amp need to get that on i just can't i can't emote and you can see how silly this is when you really think of it with a scientific brain and how much we we listen with our eyes you know things like mahog- mahogany is darker and good god because it's a dark wood oh, and you know maple it's brighter be- because it looks lighter Oh see what I'm saying? We got we gotta we gotta get away from this man. We gotta be honest. So what what freaks me out is you can see the magical thinking in this, right? You can see how this has gone to the nth degree, but that this silliness is a choice on a professional website of pickup companies when we return. What to do about the great electric guitar, Tonewood, debate.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Pseudo-Archaeology Podcast, episode 109. And we were talking about tonewood and does it affect your electric guitar? And the answer is no. So, how does this relate to archaeology at all? Now, it it don't it doesn't relate to archaeology much at all, but it does relate to pseudo archaeology. And my meaning here is, isn't it interesting how a false belief can become insidious and can become part of the overall narrative, right? Just by being repeated again and again and again. In this case, ever since the 1950s. And when we look at guitars, there's something that's slightly magical about playing a guitar well. You know, we start thinking of our guitar heroes and how great they are, and it almost seems beyond human, right? It seems mystical. It seems like they have a skill set that we could never attain. It seems like they're just naturals, right? They just have it. You don't have it, but they have it. And when you have something that has that world of kind of hopes and dreams and beliefs, you can see how it can fade into pseudoscience so quickly. Same with archaeology, right? We deal with, Places like the pyramids of Giza or the Sphinx or the ancient Maya pyramids, right? All this amazing stuff that is so cool and interesting. And we all like it. Just we like electric guitars too, right? And we like the music they produce. But it goes into that world of sort of magical thinking. It's something beyond us, it's something that maybe we could never quite know. And we are more open, I think to these foolish beliefs because we lose ourselves in it because we want to believe and we got to get back down to the facts. And in archeology, span it can be hard to get back to the facts, at least for the general public, when you have kind of the Graham Hancocks of the world and this kind of stuff where they get big shows and they get blasted to the public all the time. It makes saying The scientific facts, it makes it very difficult and it puts the general public against you. Funnily enough, same in the electric guitar world. You have famous guitar players who swear by the wood that their guitar is made out of. You have famous manufacturers who swear by the woods of their guitars. There's a million examples, but somebody like Paul Reed Smith, who who makes PRS guitars, that's his brand, he will go to town about how important the tone wood is. And it's just not. But so many people have bought into this belief system. And when you have big manufacturers, famous players, you have uh, professional websites, all talking about how important what your guitar is made out of is. It makes voices like mine sound sort of, cruel and and wrong and how dare you and I'm telling you guys what's so funny in the electric guitar world people get bent out of shape about the stupid tonewood debate I mean good god stop worrying about your guitars wood and maybe go practice once or twice right same in the archaeology world stop worrying about this stupid pseudoscience crap and maybe like get some data You, you, you see how these very different worlds can have similar problems now in both of these worlds we do want evidence right and we don't want to cherry pick we want good solid evidence now in the guitar world there have been quite a few scientific experiments done on does the wood a guitar is made out of affect its overall sound i will put one or two links at the bottom of this uh, podcast so you guys can check out one or two of these but one of my favorite ones this guy and it's pretty recent too he has a guitar a telecaster style guitar and he plays it and then he plays another telecaster guitar and they sound very different right and so at first sight you would think oh my god the tone woods they're so different and he talks about oh this this guitar is ash and this is a basswood or whatever but then as he goes through it he starts to change things out, right? He changes out the pickups and he puts the same pickups in both guitars. And then he strums them and you're like, Ooh, that sounds a lot closer. And then he does things like he makes sure the the uh, pickup heights are the same again, the distance between the pickups and the strings. And basically what he does is he gets the strings, the bridge, the nut and the pickups. The same on both guitars. Now, the woods are different, but then he records them. You guys, it sounds exactly the same. And then he does one more, which I love. He makes what he calls an air guitar, where he just takes like two benches and he stretches some strings across from one bench to the other. He puts the bridge on one side, the nut on the other. He sticks the pickups in on one side in the correct spot, the correct distance from the bridge, the correct distance from the strings, but they're basically just floating there. There's no wood at all. He strums it and it sounds exactly the same. I mean, you guys have probably heard me talk about in archaeology before how I love experimental archaeology because it just cuts out the middleman. It just cuts out the BS magical thinking. And I find that that YouTube show really does a great job of it. There are others. There are many others on the to show the fallacies of the guitar tone would debate. But just like in archaeology, the tone would people never stop. It's just like my experiences in pseudo archaeology, like on my YouTube channel, when people complain and complain and complain and tell me what a terrible loser I am for making fun of Graham Hancock. They never listen to overwhelming facts. They just don't. And hey, guitar is the same. They never listen and they go back to like, maybe I'll have a basswood body with a maple cap on top. Again, go practice. In archaeology, it's of course in the data, right? And that data we collect through. Days, months, years of hard work. And those of you out there who are archaeologists, you know what I mean. You've been there, you've done the hard work, and then you make conclusions based on your hard work. In the guitar world, it's in your fingers, which have been made strong and dexterous and in tempo through days, months, and years of practice. It ain't the wood. In both cases, a lack of hard work and discipline makes you a bit of a fraud. But now, excuse me while I go listen to the dark tones of my mahogany guitar. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Pseudo Archeology span Podcast. Please like and subscribe wherever you like and subscribe. And if you have questions for me, Dr. Andrew Kinkella. Feel free to reach out using the links below or go to my YouTube channel, Kinkella Teaches Archaeology. See you guys next time. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Rachel
1: Roden. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archepodnet.com. Contact us at chris at Network. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.